Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. Uh, really glad you're here. Today's June 27th, 2021. And if you're on the podcast listening, I'm, I'm grateful for you also. Thanks for tuning in. Um, got a couple announcements for us. First, praise, praise report from yesterday. Troop 339 and ship 1174. And we're going to have a Cub Scout troop um, start meeting here. We're in the final processes of okaying that and doing all the Boy Scout stuff. But we celebrated 60 years. We This is our 60th anniversary as a local outpost of God's kingdom. Right earlier or later in that first year of our gathering, we had Boy Scouts join us. So it's their 60th anniversary as well. And so yesterday we all met out of here and the ex-mayor showed up and all these Eagle Scouts, of which Philip is one of them. Well done, Philip. Got an Eagle Scout in our presence. That's wonderful. And uh, it was just an excellent day. So just praise report from that. Um, Also, Joey's fifth sobriety birthday is today. Uh, Blackwell, yeah, round of applause, right? Praise praise there. Praise God for, uh, I don't know, that's just awesome. The community has surrounded him, and uh, he is a total arrow pointing to the redemptive and powerful work of the triune God who we worship. Um, after the service today, I failed to mention it in my email just because I was so excited, uh, but after the service today, we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have some food, and I'm going to go in that dunk tank and finally be cool. <laughs> for the first time today. I'm excited about that. Carrie, are you pretty excited? I see. She looks really happy. I like that. All right, so stick around and enjoy some free hot dogs, hamburgers, and uh, beverages, and some fun. We got, we got some kind of a soccer thing over here, and we got a cornhole game right here. Um, yeah. And this is our last drive-in worship service. And this will come up in a second in my sermon too, but um, that's an interesting thing to be saying, you know. uh, It's been one year, three months, and 28 days since we've worshipped in the space behind me. And so next week, uh, we're going back in the sanctuary and not only celebrating the independence of our country, but also celebrating our independence from sin and death as made possible through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Christ. So we're going to be singing the Hallelujah Chorus and it's going to be a mix between the 4th of July and Easter because we are Easter people and we're second Exodus people and we're free. Amen? Amen. Uh, Just a quick little disclaimer. Anybody and everybody's welcome. Uh, and if it makes you feel more comfortable, you can wear a mask. Uh, but I want to reiterate, anybody and everybody is welcome in, in this place where God is calling us back into our sanctuary to worship as a people. Um, anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it for the announcements. Uh, Would you please stand for this morning's call to worship? It comes from Psalm 130, verses 6 through 8. 
in the Passion Translation. That's what I'm going to be reading from. I long for you more than any watchman will long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. O Israel, keep hoping, keep trusting, and keep waiting on the Lord, for God is tenderhearted, kind, and forgiving. God has a thousand ways to set you free. God himself will redeem you. God will ransom you from the cruel slavery of our sins. Good morning. Um, I would like to, to say a few things. Uh, number one is that uh, we got the updated version of the invitation to the choir for everybody able to sing, able to carry a tune, and not necessarily to read music. Um, our first rehearsal is going to be on July 3rd, next Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning. And the rehearsal is going to take until 11.30. There's going to be a 20 minutes break uh, during the rehearsal. The rehearsal is going to be held in the sanctuary. Uh, also, on uh, July uh, the 4th, on Sunday, we're going to have a call time for the people singing in the choir at 9.30 in the sanctuary. Um, also, during the month of July, uh, we will uh, hold rehearsals because the pianist schedule on Wednesday nights from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Okay, this was the first part of the announcements. Uh, now comes the second one. And this is big. <clears throat> uh, I wanted to acknowledge, I know God blesses people and everybody who's working and doing works for him. But I would like to acknowledge the fact that for one year and almost four months, we had a, a combination of an angel, a genius, uh, technically, and a, uh, a person who a lot of common sense in everything that means technical, uh, spiritual, anything that a church needs in this position. Uh, I, I went many, many times back and forth with him on uh, the quality of the recordings you had, improvements to it and all these kind of things. And uh, these gentlemen have done an absolutely outstanding job, the job of a genius. Uh, and the dedication to have him all this time, every single Sunday, from the time the pandemic started, uh, it's something that cannot be said in words. So the only thing we could do is to say a big thank you, and I'd like you to do a prolonged clapping and honking of the cars <laughs> for Philip. <clears throat> All right, let's go to uh, sing our hymn for today. Holy God, we praise thy name.
Good morning. Jesus tells this story of the Good Samaritan to teach us what it means to love our neighbor. One day a man was walking along the road and was suddenly robbed, beaten, and left hurting. One, ma one man passed by and ignored him, and then another. Later, a Samaritan man came upon him and stopped to help. The Bible says the Samaritan man had compassion on him. After telling the story, Jesus asks, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The answer, of course, is the Good Samaritan. Jesus told this story as an example of what it means to be kind to others, even those we don't know who need our help. The Samaritan had compassion for the hurting man, and maybe it was because he recognized it could have been him who had been robbed. Perhaps he was so thankful to be safe, he just had to help. Whatever his motivation, the Samaritan man chose God's way of kindness along the road that day. When we recognize our blessings and our power to help others, we can reach out in kindness to be a good neighbor. Pray with me. Father God, thank you for this story and for reminding us to always, always be kind. Be with us today in our lesson and in the week to come. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen. At this time, all children and youth are dismissed. When we pass through deep waters or go through times of fiery trial, the Lord our God is with us. Will you pray this prayer of confession with me? Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Hear the good news. Hope does not disappoint us, for God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit given to us in baptism. Believe this good news and give thanks. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Um, being forgiven and assured that we are pardoned in Christ Jesus, we're going to roll into the ordination and installation of our new deacons. And this is one of my favorite parts of being a Presbyterian is it's us. How many people are here? I say it over and over. One. One people group is here. And we are, as a congregation, putting Jane and Patty under our umbrella, surrounding them with our presence and our prayer as they go meet the, the hurting people that God places in our path. 
hear the word of the Lord as uh, found in 1 Corinthians. There are a variety of gifts, but it is in the same Spirit who gives them. There are different ways of serving God, but it is the same Lord who is served. God works through each person in a unique way, but it is God's purpose that is accomplished. To each is given a gift of the Spirit to be used for the common good. Together, we are the body of Christ. Would you repeat that after me? Actually, I'll say together. You say together. Together, we are the body of Christ. Together, we are the body of Christ, and individually, we are members. We are all called into the church of Jesus Christ by baptism and marked as Christ's own by the Holy Spirit. This is our common calling, to be disciples and servants of our servant Lord. Within the community of the church, some are called to particular service as deacons, as elders, and as ministers of the word and sacrament. Ordination is Christ's gift to the church, assuring that his ministry continues among us, providing for ministries of caring and compassion in the world, ordering the governance of the church, and preaching the word and administering the sacraments. The nominating committee is pleased to present Jane Bates and Patty Ernest as new deacons. We thank them for honoring God's call to um, serve this congregation as deacons. And would you come forward? Representing the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the session of PCC now ordains Patty and Jane to the office of deacon and installs them to active service on their board. And I'd like to invite the other deacons that are present to come forward and be supportive of their new members. Jane and Patty, if you could kind of turn this way a little bit. <laughs> we know the Presbyterian Church has everything done decently and in order, and ordination is the same thing. And so as part of the Presbyterian Church tradition, I will be asking the two of you questions. Most of them you will answer, I do and I will tell you what to, how to respond. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior, acknowledge him Lord of all and head of the church 
and through him believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Say I do. Do you accept the scriptures, the Old and New Testaments to be, by the Holy Spirit, the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ in the church and God's word to you? Say I do. Do you sincerely receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith as expressed in the confessions of our church as authentic and reliable expositions of what scripture leads us to believe and do? And will you be instructed and led by those confessions as you lead the people? And if you'll respond, I do and I will. Will you fulfill your office in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of scripture and be continually guided by our confessions? And respond, I will. Will you be governed by our church's polity and will you abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry, working with them, subject to the ordering of God's will and spirit? I will. Will you, in your own life, seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world? I will. Do you promise to further the peace, unity, and purity of the church? I do. Will you seek to love the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? See, I will. And will you be a faithful deacon, teaching charity, urging concern, and directing the people's help to the friendless and those in need? In your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? I replied, I will. Okay. So now if you would all pray with me. Um, Whoops, did I forget something? The congregation. Yes, Marsha. <laughs> and now I get to speak to the congregation, you guys. Um, do we, the members of the church, accept Jane and Patty as deacons chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ? If so, say, we do. Do we agree to encourage them to respect their decisions and to follow as they guide us, serving Jesus Christ who alone is the head of the church? If so, say we do. Thank you. All right, now we'll pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for your steadfast faithfulness to us. In every age, you have called forth leaders to serve you and equipped them with your gifts. Alongside the apostles, deacons cared for all in need and guarded the community's peace. In the church, deacons, elders, and pastors served together so that your whole people might be equipped for ministry and built up in the full unity of Christ. God of grace, pour out your Holy Spirit 
on Jane and Patty, that they may be faithful deacons in the church. Give them openness to the Holy Spirit's leading, that they may see and serve wherever there is need. Train them in the school of prayer, that they may express the compassion of Christ for the poor and the friendless, the sick, the grieving, and the troubled. Equip them with courage to bear the gospel into the halls of power and to communicate your presence and might among those who are powerless. In everything, give them the mind of Christ who did not grasp at greatness, but emptied himself to become a servant of your reign. Give them joy in their walk of faith and a sure sense of your abiding presence for their work of ministry. Amen. Jane and Patty, you are now deacons in the Church of Jesus Christ for this congregation. Be faithful and true in your ministry so that your whole life will bear witness to the crucified and risen Christ. Welcome, welcome to the Board of Deacons of PCC and the ministry that you will be doing through that. Uh, I have one, yeah, go ahead and congratulate them. <laughs> And as a, a concluding charge, I'm reading from 2 Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. Amen and welcome. Uh... 
sing my hope is in you my hope is in you again my hope is in you sing our hope our hope is in him alone right we're coming to the climax finale of our study of Ezra the prophet Ezra and we've come to this point and we've seen the ties between Ezra's audience and us People in exile for several hundred years are about to enter in, back into the, the temple and resume worship and meeting with God. Much like us, hundreds of days, <laughs> yeah, 488 days I think it was. Which is shadow compared to years, right? It keeps echoing in my head, Don Beard saying, this ain't nothing compared to what the people of Israel. But still, it's close to us, right? Yes or no? Okay, good. I want some activity. I want, I want to make sure. And uh, just the two things we, you need to know before I read this. Be thinking about what this week is going to look like as you prepare yourself to go back inside and worship as a people in our sanctuary. He's on the precipice. Ezra's on the precipice of going back in and leading the people back in. And we know from the first four verses of this chapter, and we're in Ezra chapter 9, that he himself is penitent. He himself is broken. He himself is worn weary. He's worn down. He's, in verse 3, he's thinking about the sin of the people that has gone on around him and the ways that they've made mistakes and the, and, the, and the roads that they had taken that were dead ends. And he's thinking about this, and he's personally broken in half by it. And it says he, he, he falls on the ground, he tears his clothes, and he rips out his hair, he shaves his head. Where does he get that? Job. What's the sin that he's so engrossed with what's the sin that's heavy on his heart we're going to get that in a second but um, actually I'll get to it right now because it says it in the first few verses the sin is they've forgotten that the Messiah is coming and they've started to intermarry and what's going to happen if the people of God don't follow the direction of God himself saying 
Stay as a people, stay as a united front because I'm going to bring the Messiah back through you. And he's rolling through his head. How is, how is it going to work out if we're not a people anymore? We've forgotten about God's laws. We've forgotten the rules. And we're living for ourselves. And then the text for this morning. I'm already getting yelly. Sorry about that. Okay, Malia's saying, okay, calm your jets, buddy. Settle down. We're going to read from Ezra chapter 9. I'm going to start in verse 5. It says this. At the evening sacrifice, I got up from my fasting with my garments and my mantle torn and fell on my knees, spread out my hands to the Lord, my God, and said, Oh my God, I am too ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you. My God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors to this day, we have been deep in guilt. And for our iniquities, we, are, we our kings and our priests, have been handed over to the kings of the land, to the sword, to captivity, to plundering, and to utter shame as, in, as is now the case. But now for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God, who has left us a remnant and given us a stake in his holy place in order that he may brighten our eyes and grant us a little sustenance in our slavery. For we are slaves, yet our God has not forsaken us in our slavery, but, but has extended to us his steadfast love before the kings of Persia to give us new life, to set up the house of our God, to repair its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judea and Jerusalem. And now, our God, we shall... What shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants, the prophets, saying the land that you are entering, entering to possess is a land unclean with the pollutions of the peoples of the lands, with their abominations. They have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness. Therefore do not give your daughters to their sons, neither take their daughters for your for your sons and never seek their peace or prosperity so that you may be strong and eat the good of the land and leave it for an inheritance of your children forever. After all, that has come upon us from our evil deeds, for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserved and have given us such a remnant as this, Shall we break your commandments again and intermarry with the people who practice these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you destroy us without remnant or survivor? O Lord, God of Israel, you are just. But we have escaped as a remnant, as is now the case. Here we are before you in our guilt, though no one can face you because of this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's heavy, right? It's heavy, and it kind of doesn't match this summer day. This is gorgeous, by the way. And I'm not wearing sunglasses because I think I'm cooler than you. It's, uh, I've 
I've discovered if I don't wear sunglasses, I get sunburn on my eyeball. Can you believe that? That's crazy. But that's why I've got sunglasses on. All right. Now, okay. He first starts. And I think right away, he gives us something. He gives us something as a people as we are about to enter. Go back in. What is that something? How does his prayer start? It starts with posture. What's the text say? It says he falls to his knees and he spreads his hands out to God. And this is the posture in which he puts himself in to enter. As I asked you before I I read the text, what should our posture be? What should we be doing to prepare ourselves to walk back in? Answer. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. That's, a, that's if you didn't feel the harshness of this text, I, I wasn't reading it right or something. Because in this society where we are called to stand proud and pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and work ourselves forward and celebrate and go, yeah, we won. We are the victory. Woohoo! Ezra's showing us a huge lesson. And he's also in the process teaching us we have more in our arsenal than simply our voices. Our postures. And so he, he leads his people and he falls to his knees and he puts his hands on the ground before his, his maker. And he says, first, forgive me for my rough and rowdy ways. There's a band called The Head and the Heart. They're out of Seattle. And they have a song that, that's, a, that's one of my favorite lyrics in contemporary just pop music. Good folk band. Look it up later. What's the name of the song? Oh, beep, beep. Somebody likes the head and the heart. Uh, Down in the Valley. It's off their first album. Lord, have mercy on my rough and rowdy ways. Lord, have mercy on my rough and rowdy ways. Do you realize you have rough and rowdy ways? Do you realize that you're in the wrong? Are you in need of forgiveness? From people around you? From your God? I, 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 the back row is about to yell, preach it, preacher. Uh, this is a Presbyterian church, otherwise I feel like you guys would. Preach it, preacher. That's why I, just another, like I loved our installation in ordination. I love that part of the service. 
I love, we, I knew we have the right people because both of them had tears in their eyes as they were realizing what's happening. And also, part of our service. Part of our service. We, every service, we pray together what? Prayer of confession. Somebody whispered it, I think. Maybe somebody was thinking it and I've got supernatural powers now. I don't know. It's ingrained in there. We usually, we call the worship, we sing a little praise, we hear from what the children are learning, and then we confess together in one voice that we don't have it all together, and then we're assured that we're forgiven week after week. I went to Biola University, you ever heard of it? It's a Christian university, right up the road up in La Marana. I went to Fulton College first, I was a hornet, and then I became an eagle. And as I was an eagle, they make you go to three, um, what are they called? Chapels. They make you go to three chapels once, uh, a week. And there's pluses and minuses. The pluses are, I got to hear some amazing teachers, amazing preachers, amazing lessons. Got to worship the Lord. In amazing ways. Really good bands because they're college kids. They can rock and roll, that kind of jazz. What's the negative? Numb to holy things. And I fear even our prayer of confession. A lot of times we're, blah, blah, blah. yeah, I'm worse than everyone else in the world. I'm a sinner. I need help. And we don't, we don't hone in that's why every once in a while, I love, this isn't like a, ah, I won't say it. I, I will say it, but, and, I'll, and it'll come part and parcel. I actually enjoy when people come up to me later on throughout the week or whenever and just say, I was really bothered by this sentence we said in the prayer of confession. Because that means they were reading it. That means they were listening. We confess to some serious heart problems. We confess to some serious issues together. And Ezra is reminding us of that. And he's saying, wipe off the dust. Wipe off the, the, the numb heart. This is the key component. I almost titled this sermon, Repeat the Sounding Repentance. You know that hymn? Repeat the sounding joy, you know? We are called to humility each and every second. We are called to, when we say God is the only true God, we're also saying we're not. We're also saying he is in control of me. And then there's a break in the, oh, uh, notice. He's teaching as he prays. Raise your hand if you used to be a teacher. Still a teacher. Once a teacher, all a teacher, right? 
I've had those moments where Don Beard pulls me aside and just starts teaching me a lesson. I didn't ask him. I don't care. But he did it, right? Don, you teach. That's what you do. Ezra, the, the teacher, in his prayer, he starts teaching. It reminds me, I have a, a friend who's an associate pastor, and he was handed the head pastor of this church. Um, and the, the person who had been there a long time was having trouble handing that baton. You know what I mean? And so my friend would preach as the associate, and this man who was handing my friend the baton would do the pastoral prayer. And every single time the, the, this guy would do his pastoral prayer, he would give the sermon that he would have preached during his pastoral prayer. Do you know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like my buddy would preach and then my, his, his predecessor would stand up and say, let's go to God in prayer. This is what... He should have said, and, and, and he would preach that sermon. I feel like Ezra is doing that same thing. He's standing up, or actually he's kneeling down, and he's praying, and he's praying. This is how we go back in there. We break. You remember, you're not God. You are servant. And then he, in verses um, Eight and nine, praise. Praise is intertwined with his confession. Read those. Verses eight and nine, look at that. But now for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God who has left us a remnant and given us a stake in this holy place. Our God has not forsaken us, but has extended his steadfast love. What's the number one lesson that you've learned over this COVID-19 period? That's something to think about. We know what Ezra's was. What was Ezra's? God loves. No matter how the waves, how high the waves get, no matter how much the storm rages, no matter, no matter how much confusion seems to reign, no matter what the news is saying, no matter all the crazy circumstances, all the things that seem to be falling apart, the steadfast love is Ezra's lesson. And then he ends his prayer and he goes back to the humility. He goes back to the call to repentance. He goes back to the truth that sometimes we don't know. Notice that that second half of the prayer is actually extremely dark. It's one of the darkest pieces of scripture I've come across. He says, you know what got us here is our forefathers, they forgot what they were doing and they started worshiping other people and they started worshiping other gods and they started to keep their, take their eye off the ball. But no matter what, God, you're faithful. 
And then he says, and I think we're going to do it again. I think we're going to still keep making mistakes. I still think we're going we're gonna to go back in there and we'll remember this for like five seconds and we'll be like, woohoo, yeah. But then we'll be like, oh, the air conditioning's a little too high. <laughs> and then <laughs> that guy sings a little off key. He maybe shouldn't be leading, you know. We're going we're gonna to do it again. We're going to fail. And notice, there is no assurance of pardon at the end of this one. There's no, God is going to come in and save the day. It ends on a, on a note of lament. I was in uh, premarital counseling. Were we in premarital? I don't remember. We were buddies with this guy named John Fry over at St. Andrews, and he was teaching us some uh, marriage stuff. And he was, his, his research is based off this guy named John Gottman. And Gottman did this huge study up in the Seattle area for the longest period, like 30 years, 300 couples, all this stuff like that. And he says he can tell with, uh, if a couple's going to stay together within like seven seconds or something like that. It was crazy, seven minutes or something. Um, and it all came down to trust. That isn't my sermon part. Um, sorry, I'm getting too, a little too close. I'm going to start sweating on people. Uh, my point is, his studies said, in a marriage, 70% of issues don't get resolved. 70% of fights, of little skirmishes, don't get resolved. Anybody married say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> right? We never really resolved over under. Toilet, toilet paper roll. You know what I'm talking about? We just went her way. There's so many things that just don't get resolved. And you realize if we start, if we, if we, if, if this needs to be resolved for us to go forward, we're not going to go forward. Gottman's research showed that 70% of issues are that way. You ever seen Princess Bride? Yep. Remember that line? Life is full of disappointment. Get used to it. You remember? Nobody? Okay. You should watch that movie again. That's another application. <laughs> this this prayer of Ezra's ends at a place where actually we were in this place just the Wednesday at our men's Bible study. One of our men, we were going around uh, doing a prayer request and one of the men just chimed up and said all the violence all the suffering all the racial strife. All the pain and all the problems, all the senseless murders on the 55 freeway and these road rage incidents. I don't even know what to ask anymore. That's what this person said. I know God's in control, but that's, that's the only thing I know. Because I absolutely, I can't make sense of any of this. 
I can't make sense of any of the mistakes that we're going to make. I can't make sense of how we keep forgetting your God and making ourselves our own gods. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it at all. Amen. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just prayer, right? I love that about this Old Testament, right? The First Testament. It's not how it's supposed to be. It's how it is. The day before they go back into the temple, their most vocal prophet, Ezra, has no idea how this is going to look. He knows that God is faithful and God is sovereign. And he also knows everyone here, right and left, is messed up. We got problems. Applications. Us. Let's use our full arsenal. When's the last time you've been on your knees? I know some of the older folk, it'll, maybe you'll have to have a couple grandchildren help you back up. But get on your knees some point this week. I'm not kidding. Ezra's probably not the young spring, you know, at this point in his ministry. He's an old dude, but he's got a lot of hair, a lot of beard. But he gets down and he gets on his knees and gets on his face before his God. And is sorry, not only for what he's done, but for what humans have done. Praise God for right here, right now. That's another thing. As part of an application, I want us to remember right here, right now. Those holy, sacred moments. You know? Does anybody remember when they got married? Did the pastor at any point just say, stop and soak this in? I try and say that to the couples I officiate their weddings, their marriages. I want to say that to us as a congregation. We're not going to have this moment ever again. Even if there's another pandemic, it's going to be different. This is one of a kind. We've been out here singing the praises of our God and getting to know each other outside of these walls and seeing each other in some real light. You, you now know I sweat way more than you thought I did. <laughs> right? And we're getting to know each other. Capture these things. Seal them away. Tattoo them on your heart. Remember this moment of just longing. Remember those times when you were just listening. I, I remember those times I was pre, like preaching to stuffed animals because I didn't want to feel like I was preaching alone. And I, and I was preaching and I was envisioning John and Judy M. And I was envisioning y'all folk just sitting there listening to me preach. And I felt so disconnected. I felt so alone. And I felt so lost. That was my first Easter here. You know? Capture those moments and, and remember how much I longed. I can't, this next Easter, I'm going to be screaming. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I, I, I'm kind of afraid. <laughs> These are holy moments that we want to seal and we want to humble ourselves and use them as moments to meet with the God who has power over life and death and everything in between. 
And let's go in with sober judgment. There's going to be... We're still going to annoy the heck out of each other. Right? We're still family. We got the same spirit who raised Jesus inside of us, each of us. But we're still trapped in these broken, fallen bodies. And until we're in the kingdom triumphant, we're still going to have our rips. That's okay. That's okay, our God's got us. Don't think too highly of yourself. Amen? Um, now it's part of the service where we get to participate monetarily, financially, and we give our tithes and our offerings back to the God who's entrusted us with all the good gifts that he's entrusted us with. For those of you at home, you, you mail your checks to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, um, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And for those of us that are here, um, leave it at, uh, leave your tithes and offerings at one of the stations at the offering plates. And P.S. This is going to be the same in the sanctuary. Um, we're going to have stations with pods out here and in there, and they'll have the bulletins. There will be no passing of plates and that kind of thing. And uh, also the offering will be given as you enter or leave. Um, and then also, for those of you that aren't comfortable to go in, we're going to be rolling out this antenna. It's going to bring it a little closer. This tent will be moved over, and we can, you can park right here, and you can listen to it on the radio if, you, if that makes you feel more and more comfortable. You know what I mean? This morning's offerings and tithes are now received. I will never be the same again I can never return I've closed the door I will walk the path I will run the race And I will never be the same again I will never be the same again I can never return I've closed the door I will walk the path I will run the race and I will never be the same again fall like fire soak like Waters again and again Sweep away the darkness Burn away the chaff And let the flame burn To glorify your name There are higher heights There are deeper seas Whatever you need to do Lord, do in me the glory of God. 
fills my life and I will never be the same again fall like fire so sing to the Lord and shout with joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into God's presence with singing, singing joyful songs of praise. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, because we are not strong enough to pray as we should, you provide Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit to intercede for us in power. In this confidence, we ask you to accept our prayers. Direct those who govern that they may rule fairly, maintain order, uphold those in need, and defend oppressed people that this world may claim your rule and know true peace. We pray for the country of Afghanistan today as the Taliban is making its presence known among the people. We pray your protecting hand over the people of that country. We pray for the extreme weather that is affecting our country, record heat, floods, drought, and the ever-present threat of fires. We pray for rain, which would help so many weather problems. And this morning we pray for the people of Miami, for those families that are waiting outside that totally destroyed building, wondering, waiting and watching and hoping for their loved ones. We pray that you be with all of those people. We ask you, compassionate God, to remember those who are ill or sorrowing those who are concerned for dear ones, 
those who have difficult choices to make, especially any known to us whom we commend to you now. We ask that you bring healing to Keith Costlin. Heal him in body, mind, and spirit that he may continue to serve you. Be with Buzz and the rest of the family as they give support to Keith. Give your healing touch to Phyllis Smith and Dorothy Ceccarini and continue to heal Kathy Stevenson after her vascular surgery this week. We remember in silence those whose names are on our heart. May they know that nothing is able to separate them from your love in Christ Jesus. We continue to pray against the COVID virus, especially the new Delta variety. We pray that hearts may be touched and people may be immunized, offering protection to themselves and those around them. We pray for safety among our congregation as we worship in the sanctuary next week. And we give you thanks that Jane and Patty have responded to the call to serve this church as deacons. We are reminded of Jesus' words when he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Bless their ministry in the years ahead. Hear our prayers, God of grace, and help us to fulfill them, working according to your purpose in peace, justice, and mercy in all we do. Through Jesus Christ the Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I haven't told you I love you in a little bit. Have you heard that from me lately? No. Right? I've kind of been, Malia was like, be a little more encouraging. Come on, buddy. Uh, note that in that text, we're all wounded. Right? We're all wounded and we're all broken. Ezra wrote this before our wounded healer showed up on the scene. And Jesus the Christ heals us through his wounds, it says in Isaiah. By his stripes we are healed. And therefore he equips us to be wounded healers as well. So this morning was more like a, a hospital. You know, like some Sundays I, I give you marching orders. Some Sundays I give you tons of encouragement, tons of love, and I feel like hugging you and kissing you, that kind of thing. This morning, was, this is 
we all get back together and we remind ourselves as we go in. We're not all that in a bag of chips. Do you remember that saying? Does anybody else still say that? We don't have all of our stuff together. But we are broken and wounded and healed by the same wounded healer. And therefore, we kind of unite in our woundedness and heal together one another out of our woundedness. Anyway, I feel like I left that dangling a little on the sermon. Would you please stand? And I can't wait to go in the dunk tank. Uh, but, but first, I want to give you the, um, the benediction for this morning. And if I don't get to, where's Rob? Cooking. Everybody make sure you thank that guy, right? I'm really excited that we're getting together and eating some food. But for now, hear this benediction and receive it. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard, mend, and keep you. And may the peace of Christ which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and for all of eternity. May it be so. Amen.